Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast. I'm your host, James Cast. Today's December 22nd, 2023, and this is episode 146. Today, we're sitting down with Al Wilson, and we're talking about his latest game, Fast Inning Baseball. Fast Inning Baseball was released just a week ago, and I will have the website in the show notes so if you have not yet had a chance to check out fast inning baseball please do so and we'll talk to al all about this latest game in his library so stick around and we'll get to that interview just now we're going to bypass the tabletop recap as we typically do with the interviews and hope you'll enjoy it All right, I'm sitting down tonight with Al Wilson, who is the creator of Fast Drive Football and the brand new game, Fast Inning Baseball. And Al, it's great to catch up with you again, and uh, thank you for coming back to the podcast. And as I was looking at it, I realized we kind of kicked off 2023 with an interview with you, and here we are pretty much closing out 2023 with an interview as well. Yeah, what did we talk about earlier in the year? I don't even remember. It wasn't for Fast Drive Football, was it? Well, it was a little catch-up on Fast Drive. Um, yeah, because I think you had just released, like, version 2.0. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Man. I think you were getting ready to start doing some work on the enhanced team cards at that point. Um, but I'm guessing that, that that project got a little uh, pushed to the side with this brand new one that you have. Got. Yeah, no, now it all fits together. As I was trying to remember the, how the past year went, that makes sense. That explains why I didn't finish. I know a lot of people are waiting for me to finish the enhanced team cards for Fast Drive Football. And now we know why. It was because of uh, Fast Inning Baseball. Fast Inning Baseball. So for those who don't know yet, why don't you kind of give us just a quick overview? What is Fast Inning Baseball? Uh, so it's a lot of things, um, at, at the, you know, at the base level, it's a super quick playing solitaire baseball game that you play with cards, charts, and dice. And anybody listening, listening to your podcast is already familiar with that genre of games. Uh, it's a spiritual successor to fast drive football. It, it clearly was born out of people enjoying the football game and asking for a baseball game. It's also a spiritual successor to pennant race. Um, the old game from the seventies, which used some pretty, you know, decent math to come up with the score of each game using their, those funky um, Sports Illustrated dice. Um, and uh, it allowed you to play through a whole season in a weekend or, you know, over a couple weekends with your buddies. And that was a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm still, you know, that is still, uh, we'll talk about that later um, tonight, but I'm, uh, I still want to make that larger vision happen. Um, it's a, you know, at a more uh, practical level, it's it's a simulator of MLB.com condensed games. Uh, I I can never watch all of. Uh, I'm a Padres fan. I don't get to see all their games living in Charlotte. So typically, what I'll do is the next day I'll watch the condensed game. Uh, the, I think it takes about ten minutes or so those those videos to get through a full game. Yeah. And what they show you is literally either the last out of an inning or the you know the 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 big hits or the home runs that scored the runs in that inning. So this game really is that. You know, I wish in a in a uh, chart format I could have limitless narrative for different ways that outs are made, um, but unfortunately I can't do that. But the, yeah, that's so it's that. And then and then finally, like I mentioned, it really is it's the foundation for a sandbox game that I've always wanted to make. Uh, those of those of the people listening who test it out. Previous incarnations, um, including, uh, I think I was calling it um, Baseball League Simulator. Um, it really, it I was shooting, I was shooting big to start, and then I decided, uh, following some feedback um, throughout the year, that I, I, I decided I really wanted to just bring it back to basics, get the foundation of a good simulation engine right. And then um, take it from there afterwards. So, so yeah, that's what that's what the game is. It's all of those things. Very good. And 
you know, I've I've been talking a lot about how like Express Games really are finding their space again in the in the community, um, and I think a lot of it is when the Express Games find a way to tell kind of that that ESPN narrative, right? Of like, here's your game in a small capsule so that you can kind of digest it quickly, and it's not just about getting a quick score or getting like complete stats for a game. It's more about What's the condensed story that tells me how this game transpired, right? Exactly. And I think for a lot of gamers, it's always been um, a compromise you make. Yeah, I, I need to just get through something quickly. I'm going to accept the fact that, you know, it's I'm going to roll some dice. I'm going to get a final score. It won't be that exciting. Um, it certainly won't be as engaging as a full play game, but it'll get the job done. And I consider it a little bit of a challenge to to close that gap. Um, I will admit you can never get the same kind of narrative out of these games that you can with a full play game, but that doesn't mean we can't do better than what's already out there. So yeah, that's what I was striving for. Awesome. So what feature in the whole development phase was that kind of aha moment where you just said, this is going to work. I'm, you know, I may not be there yet, but I know this is going to be a marketable game for me. (sighs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, there's two sides of that coin. The first aha moment really was when I took the prototype that I had earlier this year to play.com and got to demo it and play test it live with some, you know, some people that I trust, um, Dan Garlic and his son, Colin, um, Sean Coleman, who you had on the show recently. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, you and, and Harvey and Bob and, and, uh, um, Travis, maybe, um, not sure, not sure if Paul looked at it, but pretty much everybody gave me the same reaction, um, whether they were like good friends of mine or not, which was, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's nice. <laughs> but none of them said, none of them said, oh, I want to roll another game. They all got up. They got up and said, all right, I'm going to go over to this next table and see what game they're playing over there. And, you know, I appreciated the, 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 uh, the, the kind words, um, but I got the feeling that, and I, and I knew it was a fine game, you know, I'm like really just the word fine is the perfect way to put it. But my aha moment there was, you know what, this isn't, this isn't where I want it to be. I want people to feel like, oh, I want to roll another game. That was so much fun. It did bring some interesting concepts that I'll revisit probably later when I expand on it. But um, I knew in my heart at that moment, the aha moment was a team a strictly team-based baseball game just isn't, it, it doesn't grab you. It's not compelling. Um, it doesn't make people, it, there's, there's no connection there with your favorite players. So um, I left the convention, started working on the next version, which was scrapping. Well, not scrapping. It was how do I introduce uh, team um, play individual players into the game? And, and the way I will often do these kind of solve these kinds of problems is what um, and you you mentioned this in your last podcast. You talked about um, the the uh, the footprint that a game will have on your table. You like games that just have a nice footprint, and and uh, I don't know if you're talking about FDF or another game, but I started with okay. I wanted to, I knew I still wanted to keep a smaller footprint. I wanted my charts and I wanted my cards, and I thought I I don't want the team cards, which were really small at the time. Actually, I didn't even have team cards. I just had a sheet of qualities for each team. I said, if I'm going to have to have player names, I'm going to have to have team cards. All right, I don't want them any bigger than a, a fast drive football enhanced card. So what? how much information can I fit on there? So I kind of worked backwards. I backed into, okay, we can do the starting pitchers. I don't have enough room for a bullpen. Ooh, I'll steal Keith's idea, and we'll, we'll aggregate all the qualities of the bullpen into one. And then, but I really, but me personally, I love, I love tracking stats of starting pitchers and closers. I love, for some reason, I like to see if I can get a saves total up for a, for a certain closer. Like I'm a Padres fan. So Trevor Hoffman's a big deal to me. And if I'm going to replay that season, I want to get, I want to see if I can get Trevor's save numbers up there. And then I had, then I had just enough room for nine or 10 batters. So I'm like, okay, I'll just use the, the, the top batters as called out on baseball reference. And there you go. And so I sort of backed into that. And then it was when I first had my first idea for um, how do I get the interaction between the pitchers and batters? And I, and uh, I don't remember when it was, but just the idea that you're going to have 
Um, well, it's something I talked about at the con with the number of people that the, the, the most fun for any baseball game. And you'll see this talked about whether it's strat, appa, payoff pitch, or one of the other hundred games. It's about the pitcher batter interaction. You know, people are always you know, concerned about, oh, is that a, you know, you're reading off the pitcher's card or the batter's card, who's influencing the at-bat. I knew I needed that head-to-head for key moments in the game. And it's a really simple implementation on a grid of a hitter's grade versus a pitcher's grade. And it worked. And that's, so that was probably my aha moment when I figured out that it didn't just have to be chart book results that said, you know, that checked for, because fast drive football and many and and many of the the play games that that this game plays an homage to, oftentimes you're just checking the quality of one side, the offense or the defense, and that's providing the outcome. Um, very rarely in those games are you um, uh, comparing two and doing the math, except for like in soccer and hockey when you have to compare stars, or in red, white, blue racing when you're when you're doing a, a quality check, but. Um, yeah, when I figured out that, that was probably the aha moment that unlocked it. It was like, okay, I'm onto something. I can create a baseball game where uh, 80% is driven off the charts and team qualities, but the other 20% will come down to the individual ratings of the players. It's really interesting. Um, you know, and it's as you were talking about that, I was thinking, I just, uh, as one of my uh, Christmas presents, I got a subscription to Masterclass. So, of course, I signed up to listen to. Uh, Will Wright, who created like SimCity and yes. Sims and, you know, and one of the things he was talking about was working with constraints, right? And how that is a really good way to go about design. And I think you as a product, you know, owner and whatnot mm-hmm. for, for like your work, probably deal with this a lot, right? Like sometimes the best way to find a design is to start with what am I limited to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, so at work, yeah, we have to we're constantly trying to figure out how to work within the constraints of a, of a mobile device um, when we're designing our UX. So um, absolutely. It's the same thing here. It's uh, and, but yeah, so, and there's lots of other things that go into it too. Um, You want the, so you brought up work now. I just have all the work terms, the work jar going to go to my, but I can't help it. So, um, so I work in consumer experience and you're always, you're always, um, you know, worried about individual words um, how you're using the words, how they're going to make the consumer feel, things like that. And also mm. space considerations, the size of the text. Um, you, I've already gotten, you know, I've always, always gotten feedback about the small text in the, in the, in the game book and things like that. So yeah, no, it all factors into it. And I, and I, um, yeah, not interesting to a lot of people, but I'm glad you picked up on that. Uh, it actually, and it, and for those of you that have downloaded the game, you know that most of the game play does happen on two pages. And I'll, I'll be completely transparent and explain that unless a, unless a concept could fit on two pages, I threw it out. So there are definitely more things. There's deeper mechanisms that I could have introduced into the game, but it would have meant more charts, uh, more lookups. And again, that went, uh, that was, you know, the antithesis of the fast playing game that I wanted. So I, uh, I tossed those ideas that they didn't fit into the, into the overall, um, you know, footprint that I was looking for. And I think what's really great about that clutch, uh, at bat moment that you have where it's that pitcher versus the hitter is, it is what makes it stand out a little bit from some of the other like express and quick play games is that, most of the time when we when we have individuals involved in those games, it's just finders, right? We're just really looking up on finders. Uh, and you have a little bit of that with like the home run finder and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that moment that it's now, it's like, okay, let's see who's involved in this critical at bat. Uh, you know, we already know who the pitcher is going to be, but who's the batter that we're going to be testing for this moment? Um, it really brings some drama into it. And, and I think that was really something that just clicked that wasn't there in some of the earlier versions that you had. Yeah, and I think uh, it's interesting. The game's only been out for four or five days now, but no one's no one's said anything about um, that. What the average that that chart is built on? So fifty two, fifty two. If you've got an average batter or an average clutch grade for a batter against an average pitcher based on their WHIP, the role is actually um, represents a, a, a three oh five batter which is, oh, okay, that's pretty good. You know, that's a 300 batter. That's a, that's a really good chance. Um, and that is built into the engine. The more, when I originally uh, set up that clutch at bat chart, 
I made it so it was more like uh, 270 was the batting average you'd get if you matched up an even against even. And the problem with that is it just didn't have enough uh, hits or you know key clutch hits happening off that chart. So I had to rework the whole scoring engine based on the fact that, okay, I need to have a little bit more memorable roles on that chart. So I bumped it up from like, it's like 277 is what it was up to 305 that it is now. Because I think it's the right math, somewhere in that ballpark. And just getting that extra hit, uh, it really, it just helps that, it helps that clutch at bat mechanism work. And so I guess the reason why I want to say it, I'm surprised no one's asked, if someone figures out the math in that chart and says, well, wait a minute, you know, anytime you have a clutch at bat, the average batter is going to bat 305 and that's unrealistic. Don't worry about it is my answer. It's built into the math of the game. So I, you know, it's one of those things where um, uh, I just want to make sure people understand. Yep, I designed it. I am aware of the percentages, and don't worry, it's it's baked in. Nice, that's good, very good. Um, let's see. So the game engine overall for Fib, right? The the pet name for the mm-hmm. for the yeah. game Fib is it's a it's very similar to Fast Drive Football for anyone who hasn't had a chance to see it yet. Um, and I think you talked about a couple of these, but are there any other key differences between like these two games that you think are worth calling out? Are there really people that haven't played fast drive football? Well, I think most people have played fast drive. <laughs> they probably haven't had a chance to play fit yet. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I, so um, for those of you that aren't aware, James did uh, share these questions beforehand. And I'm actually, I'm really glad I had time to think about this one because I wouldn't have had a good answer. Uh, but I actually spent time probably, I want to say two months ago, reorganizing the book to be, uh, to be uh, f- both functionally and narratively just quicker to use. Um, and look, so looking back on Fast Drive Football, I did my best to jumble the results so that, you know, not all of the scoring came on a lead die six or high numbers. Um, I wanted it to be, I wanted, I wanted the, the, the book to feel fairly random. As I was rolling game after game after game of FIB, it occurred to me I could speed up the gameplay and get more initial narrative from just looking at the dice if I grouped the results uh, um, in a in a way that made sense from a baseball perspective. So as I and I and I made sure to call this out in the rules so that people could wouldn't have to figure that out on their own. So anytime there's a lead die one you're going to have the pitcher's qualities coming into play. Anytime you have a lead die two, that's an opportunity for a long ball. Lead die three, that means you're likely to get a fielding check. And of course, four, five, and six are all of the clutch at bats. The clutch at bats um, used to be just scattered throughout the book in, in various places. So it, it, you know, I'd like to say that I observed people playing the game and having trouble searching for the results and, you know, it slowed the game down, but really it was me just realizing, oh, this would make a lot more sense if it, if it was just lead die four, five, or six. Those are all the clutch at bats. So um, that's one huge way that it's different. No, I do not plan on going back and changing the fast drive football book. Uh, it's good. It's perfectly fine the way it is, but I think it's pretty cool the way I organized uh, the book based on, you know, those things. Um, and then second, and I know people who struggle with printing colored documents either at home or paying for it. I know this is a little bit of a, um, a downside to the game, but uh, the biggest difference between FIB and Fast Drive Football is that because I know the community can be a stickler for statistical accuracy in their games, I already knew that this game was not going to be that kind of game, but I knew that I could get it closer if for each season I put out, I um, tune the tables and the results to get as close as possible. So originally my plan was I can come up with like, you know, a half a dozen maybe charts and that would represent the last 150 years of baseball and would be good. And the more I looked into it, um, there just wasn't enough overlap percentage wise in um, hits, home runs, errors, I'm sorry, uh, runs per game, home runs and errors to make that to, to satisfy myself. So I was like, all right, I've got the, I've got the formula pretty, pretty well baked in terms of how to change the results in the game book along with the run score table to, uh, to 
to dial in any season I want. So that's when I made the decision that I would do that. And so any season that I put out will have its own charts. Um, we have a cross era chart that replicates the late 1970s results. And then, of course, we do have the generic um, era based charts that has a range of years that you can use for homebrew teams. So that's probably the other biggest difference. I, and actually, you know, there's less of an opportunity for people to get tripped up because in the fast drive football game book questions, you know, I had to put stuff in the fact and really try to um, make this clear in the instructions, but questions still come up, um, you know, frequently, you know, what are these, what do these special results mean? Like, why am I all of a sudden changing an, uh, a touchdown to a fumble just, you know, because it's asking me what year that I'm playing. And so, um, that is that is probably the other big change too. It's like having the era or year specific charts. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that was you know, and again, like I think fast drive football works the way it is. I love the idea that you just mentioned because one of the things I was going to bring up if you didn't bring it up was that organization of the clutch hits at the end of it. Because you're right that it, that level of simplicity just it made the game just streamlined. And I agree with you that fast drive football didn't need it. Because there's not as much cross-referencing with other charts. But right. with the baseball game, even though they're they're pretty easy charts to read, you still have to cross-reference a few different times to see, like, how many runs is it going to be? How many home runs is it going right. to be, right? So yep. um, I think organizing it that way so that your brain starts to say, lead die two, you're going to the long ball chart. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's super helpful. So, um, yeah, I think that was a really nice design element that came in. Um, for the final version. So that was great. Um, so the game's only been out a few days and there's already been just a huge response to the game. And what among that uh, response has surprised you the most so far? <laughs> um, I already shared this with you and, and uh, the rest of our group. I, I honestly surprised at the positive reaction. I did not expect it. Um, I was somewhat somewhat trepidatious. I, 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 I knew I liked the game, but the, you know, I, I find the football community to be a lot more, a little bit more laid back, a little bit more forgiving than the baseball community, which can really, I mean, you don't really hear too much in the football community about people getting wrapped around the axle and having arguments about stats and, and statistical accuracy and, you know, down to the third digit precision, but in baseball, my God, it's, it's, it's insane, you know? Um, so I was a little worried. Um, I'm enjoying to, uh, I'm enjoying seeing these first reactions, especially from people who are posting numbers that sort of corroborate what I, I'm pretty sure is a, is a reasonably accurate engine, but to, but to see the corroborating reports coming out, um, just today, there was someone talking about the first couple of weeks of their 1982 Dodgers replay. The numbers look good there. Um, mm. I know you helped test with the Mets, and those numbers were within range. Uh, this game is never going to be – It's. Um, I would actually be surprised if someone played out a full season of any season with this game and got the exact same standings. Uh, there's too much of a variance built in. I think in the fast drive football game, I called it the chaos engine. And in this game, it's just built into um, – uh, you know, we can touch on this for a second. The both games, um, to the chagrin of people trying to create some seasons right now, I get this is built is built on um, standard the models of standard deviation and the fact that when you have uh, the normal distribution um, in any in any professional sports league, you're going to have a normal distribution, typically a bell curve, and the qualities in these games uh, try to push the really good teams and the really bad teams out to the extremes. And everybody else is going to stay bunched in the middle, and it's the dice that is really going to determine their fate. Is a mm -hmm. is a eighty two or an eighty one and eighty one team going to win ninety games, or are they only going to win you know seventy two games? That's that's the reality of this engine. Um, you might have that. You might have a team uh, have a ten game swing, um, even possibly a fifteen game swing. Um, the way the dice the way the dice roll. I don't think you're going to have that in a more accurate sim, um, but in this you might. But I think people are going to be okay with that. At least I hope people are going to be okay with that. Um, so anyway, that's the first thing. I'm happy with the initial reports. Uh, I have to point out, you know, Dave Gardner over on on his channel 
actually did say something that surprised me. Um, he said, I think I may like this more than fast drive football. And that wow. actually threw me for a loop because even I still think fast drive football, it's, uh, it, it has a little bit more depth. Um, and also, but then again, it's also got the commissioner expansion and, and all that. So, um, but I think, I think the, I think the people that are just more, um, their hearts more into baseball than football, if they're going to like this better than fast drive football, that's cool. Um, I'm just, I'm honestly surprised. I, I did get one. Uh, I shared this with, uh, some folks this morning, but there was one video. Um, I forget the gentleman's name, whose YouTube channel it is, but he's already done two videos, uh, on the game. And one of his subscribers, um, it was a second look. It was a, it was, he was doing a second look. He's like, this game deserves a second look. And the comment from one of his subscribers said, a second look, this game is horrendous and doesn't even deserve a first look. And I was, I just laughed so hard at that. Cause that was perfect. It's like, it's, it, it describes perfectly the hardcore baseball sim gamer. Um, yeah. a, a game like this is that they're, it's a toy. It's a, it's a, it's a kid's toy. And that's totally fine. This is literally the type of game that we all wrote, you know, wrote in notebooks at home, just, you know, with a little bit more math behind it. And, but otherwise it's the same simple games that we, that we tried to, to make ourselves um, at home playing on our dining room table. So um, yeah, that kind of negative, that kind of negative uh, comment doesn't bother me at all because I didn't make it for that kind of gamer. Um, right. You know, I made it for uh, the the community at large. We've got over 500 people now on the Fascinating Baseball Facebook page, and it's a it's a it's just another nice community, just like the play, just like the play games community, just uh, way more laid back, um, uh, open to open to trying new things, um, and just wanting to, to to roll a game and have fun. So I'm. Uh, and actually, even though that's a and that's not a it's not a private group, it's a public group. I did I did expect at least some um, not so not so great reactions uh, after the launch after people played it and played it. But instead of seeing any of those reactions yet, it's just continues to be positive. So yeah, I'm absolutely surprised. Um, I'm surprised at the, at the kind, all the kind words, and I'm surprised that I haven't really experienced much shade, um, for lack of a better term. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's fair. And, you know, you've been pretty transparent about the development of the game for a while now. And, um, sometimes that also sets like higher expectations than they, and that's probably what part of the fear was, right? It's like, uh... Are they oh, expecting too much at this point? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I shared that with you before. That was part of my fear. I, I, I thought it would be fun because fast drive football, I dropped out of the blue. No one knew it was coming. Right. With this one, all right, I thought, let's have some fun. Let's keep me motivated through what was I knew was going to be a busy time work-wise. I needed something to keep me motivated to get this out before the end of the year. So that was pretty much why I decided, let me let – me, uh, let me start dropping some hints. Let me let me start the Facebook page. Let me uh, show some early views of the game. And holy crap, yeah, it was the, the response was the response was a little overwhelming. So, and I, I, you're right. And I don't know if we talked about this, but days before the game, I literally thought to myself, I might have set myself up for failure here. I think people are expecting this game is going to be a lot better than it's really going to be. <laughs> And, you know, like, and I think if we want to, like, share some secrets here, right, a little bit, like, this game, you've been developing this game most of the year, as we mentioned earlier, you get to the con, and I think, in all fairness, right, like, you pretty much went to the con with the idea, like, this is never going to get released, like, this game as it stands, by the way, that game did not get released, right, but... (laughs) And as and and to your point earlier, you almost got confirmation of the fact that the game wasn't as good as you wanted it to be if it was going to get released. And um, so you know you had that moment where it could have gone either way, but you decided to continue to pursue it a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, I so you're dead on right. Um, I, I know that uh, you and the other guys uh, in our in our group were all, you know, I think y'all felt for me a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> But but the joke the joke is I have a big enough ego anyway, so you really weren't that sorry for me. Um, but 
I mean, since you mentioned it, I, I looked back. I started working on this in May of 2022, and it was called Quick Getting Baseball. You know, we were we were calling it Quib. Um, and sure. the reason and the way it started to give Cooper Gilbert some some uh, love here, we were talking about in our in our circle at the play picnic in the summer of 2022. We were talking about wouldn't it be cool to be able to. Um, Actually, I think Cooper was like, you know, Al, if you're working on a baseball game, uh, what I'd like to see is the ability to play out a week or maybe a month at a time. And it would be, it would be, you know, a pursue the pennant, but, you know, on steroids and it would have your touch and, you know, it would have real teams and fictional teams. And wouldn't that be cool? And I really did spend some design time trying to figure out how to make a fun cards and dice game where you're playing um, a series at a time or a week at a time. Um, and that really didn't go anywhere. I, my mind just, I, I was unable to wrap my head around a, a really fun way to do that. So settled it on the, the whole concept of, of quick getting baseball. And I think I waited a couple of years, you know, history maker baseball express had been out now and it's been out for at least two years, I want to say. Um, so I feel like I felt like I'd given um, that game enough time to to um, to breathe a bit. And and because uh, when it's the same thing, when second season Express came out, it killed any interest that I had in, in working on a football game. And then I picked it up a year or two later. And the same thing happened with this. So I picked it up late uh, mid 2022. Um, it was quick getting baseball. And then from uh, 2022 through early 2023 this year, it was instant inning baseball and then what I took to the con was uh, Baseball League Simulator. And then right after that, because I was watching Brian Aronov playing his Japanese baseball game at the con with like, he was playing six games simultaneously or four games simultaneously. Um, and, I, and it occurred to me a week after the con, I, I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, what if you had a game that you could play like an out of town scoreboard so that it became boots or out of town scoreboard. And then, um, and then finally it, it turned into fascinating baseball, but I, and I went through all my old files. So it had five different names and over a hundred different like file versions, um, to finally get to the <laughs> wow. version we're at now. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And, but when we got to the convention, just to finish your point, I told you guys leading up to the convention, I said, I'm bringing it. But um, I think I've taken this to the end of the road. I think it's done and it's not good enough to release. It's just I don't want to put my name on it because I don't think it's that great. The feedback at the con said it was good, but I could tell that it wasn't great. And mm. for some reason, something happened um, in September. Um, I guess I, I mulled on it in August. And then in September, I got a, just a huge burst of creative energy. And, um, you know, September through where we are now, I, I got it. I, you know, got the final version figured out. So that creative energy gets spurred on by your Spotify playlists or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should, uh, we could talk about that towards the end of the interview. I, I, <laughs> okay. I, and, and yeah, yeah. It probably had something to do with it. Nice. Nice. You know, you mentioned something in there too. Um, and I'm going to skip ahead to one of the questions, but. What is one of the trickiest parts of capturing baseball in a quick play game? And I think you danced around it with your previous answer a little bit of like, what makes it really, and I'll ask it a different way is what made it really hard to capture a series at a time or several, you know, games at a time. Yeah. I think for me, the reason why those failed, um, I'll try to answer this question in a roundabout way. Uh, the, a baseball season might be 162 games long, but when you fast forward through the individual games, there's no connective tissue. You can't really get a good feel for uh, the characteristics of a team or, you know, what's the top storyline for the season. It really takes everything too much at, at to too much of a macro level. It It's no fun to track stats for a team if you're not actually seeing them happen I'm going to use air quotes real time. Um, I know that we're rolling on a finder in this game. I get that, but at least you were there. You were in the moment. A home run was hit. You rolled the dice to see who hit it. Um, in a in a in a different in a different view with a with with a lens that's zoomed out so far. 
yeah, I mean the the easy thing. Uh, let me let me figure out how I want to phrase this. It's easy for any of us to create a baseball sim if you know the basics of dice probability and have access to baseballreference.com. It's super easy to make a game or or make a tool where you roll dice and get a result because the percentages are all there. Heck, even if you don't if you don't use D6 but use a percentile die roll, it makes it even easier. Just a, you know, a 1 to 100 roll and if you've got a 300 batter, it, you know, 1 to 300 it's a hit, things like that. So um, I tried different creative ways to, um, you know, obfuscate the, the the numbers behind the math. But no matter what I did, generating wins and losses, trying to generate runs, it just wasn't fun. So the tricky part, really, and I and I already talked about it, the tricky part was bringing, uh, trying to bring that connection to the players and to the storylines that are developing into um, rolling for a single inning and. Uh, you know, even the fielder finder, I think I added the fielder finder literally in the very last version of the game. Cause I was thinking as I was getting ready to release, what else can I do? Because I know I'm going to have people. It was actually when I was working on the expanded score sheet. What are all the things that you could possibly track, even though I know I'm not going to do it. What are all the things you could track? And so I'm like, oh, people are going to want to know who made the error. It's like, how did I not think of that? Because what I had in the book before, as I was doing development, I would just say something like in the book, I would have shortstop makes an error. Then it occurred to me, well, crud, I'm not going to be able to get the statistically right number of errors for every fielder because I don't have enough errors in the book. So let me genericize all the errors to be any fielder. And then I'll have this finder. And so then I did the research on... Um, fielding probabilities by position and just basically bake that into the chart. So it's little things like that. It's like, how can you, um, how can you give the the person rolling the dice a bit more of a connection to the game that's unfolding? And that's the tricky part that um, I've seen other quick playing games do. And I appreciate the difficulty there. And I'm happy with how it turned out in the end. I like that um, I've never been, and I think, you know, you and the rest of the gang know this. I've never been huge on finders. Um, I think I don't like, I certainly don't like any games where you figure out the stats after the game is over, you back into the stats, you, you know? And so it really was hard for me to embrace this, uh, the need to do it this way to embrace, okay, I can get clutch hits as a mechanism to be a live result with this batter but for home runs and the other runs that come in the game, that's when I introduced really late again, the concept of key hits. People are, you have some results in the book that just say run score and you don't know why. It's, well, I mean, you have some narrative, but you don't know right. who, was, who was up to bat. Okay, so you roll on a finder to see who was up to bat. And I haven't had any negative feedback to that yet. I do think that the gaming community that we serve is, is used to that already. Mm. Um, I don't think they mind having to use finders. So I think um, the trickiest part is how can you – so now that I've rambled on, I think my final answer is the trickiest part is how do you get into a quick playing game, individual players uh, into the narrative in a live fashion rather than after the fact with a finder role. And, and so obviously I made some concessions with this design, but um, I think it's a fair – I think it's a fair balance. Yeah. I think one of the – you know, and I'll – kind of answer the question too because i'll i think i want to make sure this gets mentioned as well but to me like fast drive football makes a lot of sense that we're talking about team qualities because it is mostly a team sport and the the impact that a wide receiver or running back has on the final outcome of the the score it's all part of like that team like you, you know we may we may see Jerry Rice grab a whole bunch of touchdowns, but he's getting that because there's a great offensive line and because there's a run threat from the from Roger Craig and all these things. What makes FIB kind of stand out to me, and I, I feel like one of the kind of aha moments for me with like watching the design process was the final realization that you can't capture a starting rotation with a single quality and have it be fair to the team. But, yeah, but if you have, hey, this is what this offense, this is what the batting order is going to generate in terms of run scored and power. 
Like Mike Schmidt's impact on the on the you know seventy eight Phillies or seventy seven Phillies was not as great on the offense as the impact that Steve Carlton had on the rotation on the day that he pitched. You know, right. so yeah, I think you being able to give yourself the freedom to say, "Yep, we're going to have a starting grade for that pitcher," and you get to see that difference game after game really was the thing that kind of freed it up to say, "Now we can get the individuals in here because." You know, the team qualities work for the offense and the defense. It doesn't work for the pitching, though. Not at all. And those of you that tested um, the the version that I took to Play.com, um, Baseball League Simulator and other names, um, it, had, it had the concept of before the game, uh, you would roll on a chart and your, your starting pitcher would have a grade. I think I think I still like grades at that point, A through F. And depending on their grade, you roll on a chart, and it's going to tell you is the pitcher sharp or flat for that game. And if you had a really good pitcher, more often than not, they're going to be sharp, and they might have a flat day, or they might just have a day where they have no quality whatsoever. And it was again, it was fine. It was a you know everybody's like okay, that's that makes sense. It's an interesting way to do it, but it was just um, yeah, it didn't feel it didn't feel um, great. It just felt fine. And so, um, and also I don't think, God, was I using, I'm not even sure if I was even using whip as a measure at that point. Um, I don't just think to, you were, I don't think I was either. And so just to give, <laughs> just to give whip it's fair due, I am, you know, I, I am not a deep, uh, statistics guy, but boy, the more I've been, I've been working with whip a lot over the past six months and, it's really a useful stat, and it really does give you a good indication, um, especially in a game like this. This is a score generator. That's all this is. It's a, you know, I did the math to figure out um, how many runs should come from home runs, from errors, and from and from other otherwise, you know, non home runs, non errors, and and WHIP is a great counter, um, is a great indicator of how well a pitcher is going to prevent any of those things from happening. So I, um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, part of that trickiest part solution was also not only, you know, giving the pitchers the individual grades, but identifying the statistic to base it on. Yeah. Nice. So can we expect uh, more seasons to be coming in the future? Right now is a pretty good representation across multiple decades, but are you, Planning to continue to release seasons? Yeah, um, I think it'll be fun to to release. I don't know how many I'll release and how often, but um, I I would say at least a few every year. Um, it's it's uh, you know it probably takes a weekend to to get the the new charts done, and um, you know, and another weekend I can get the I can get the teams done. And it it I guess it really depends on the if the community continues to to ask for it. You know, I I I provided all the instructions, um, you know, with a little bit of a, I'll, I'll admit with a little bit of a, um, you know, a cheeky grin on my face because, you know, creating seasons for any game, it's not, you know, it's not simple. There's going to be math. You're going to have to know how to use Excel. You're going to have to know how to write a formula. Um, you know, there are people like Andy Lewis, he picked up on it right away. Um, I saw that he was going to make a card, make uh, a card making utility um, he's got a great reputation in the community, solid dude. So I, a week before I released it, I said, Hey, here's a preview of the instructions. Um, uh, get a head start. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it, I, I, I think there's going to be some folks in the community that, that crank out some, uh, good seasons. And, uh, you know, if there's, if the community's fine with that and using the generic charts, then great. Um, but I think I'll still, you know, just to, just to keep in touch with the community and with the game itself, I'll continue to put, to put out seasons with the, um, with the custom charts, as well as maybe add to the, to the greatest teams package. Cause that's kind of my favorite way to play right now. I'm, I'm in the middle of a, uh, I really wanted to get this done sooner, but there's just too much going on in life right now. I'm, I'm doing a, uh, I'm barnstorming with the 1899 Cleveland spiders and I'm having them play every other team, a three-game series against every other team in the uh, all-time worst team set because um, they're they're already – I can tell they're already going to have better than 100 – what was their winning percentage, like 150? 
It was something like that. Um, but they're going to beat that, but I don't, they're not going to get to 500. They're probably going to end up somewhere around 250 or 300 winning percentage. Uh, but I think that'll be a, a cool little benchmark to see, you know, how do the Spiders do against the, the easiest possible teams that they could play? And they're still going to have a losing record, um, which I think, you know, it's it, that, that, uh, that speaks well of the engine. It's the, it's the straight F. Every pitcher on that staff has an F. Um, and they're low scoring, so they're always going to be rolling on the on the low table. Um, so yeah, so uh, so yeah, I'm absolutely gonna. The, the the most fun that I have with both of these games is staying engaged with the community, and so um, I definitely want to get back to. It, it's a bit of a grind to do the enhanced seasons for fast drive football. Um, it's a little bit easier to do them for fast hitting baseball, but um, <laughs> I need to get back to that too and, and finish out because when I'm done, at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel for the football game. I just have like 40 more years to go and I can be, and I can have all the seasons done and then just worry about putting out the, the update every year. Um, yeah. But with this, I will never uh, with 150 years of, of major league baseball. Yeah. Um, it's going to, the community, I bet you the community will have seasons done by the end of the year for all 150 years. I have no doubt. Um, but I'll put out my versions because I know some people will just prefer to, you know, play with the ones that I create. And that's cool. Nice. So going back to uh, fast drive football, has any of the development of FIB kind of led you to some potential ideas that you think maybe it came from research or feedback from playtesters? But do you think like, do you have any ideas that are kind of being noodled around? You don't even have to give what they are. You could just say, yep, I definitely have some. Or <laughs> How about, will you accept, nope, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will accept I, that. Yeah, no, I literally don't. It's like, it's one of those things where it feels so good knowing, like that version 2.0, when we talked about that, I guess, when we talked about it last year or early, yeah, yeah earlier this year or whatever it was. Um, no, it's done. I feel really good about it. There's nothing, there's nothing to add. Um and it just works. Uh, the re- and I, I don't want to mess with it. I think that, you know, I guess at some point I wouldn't be surprised if when I start when I start working in earnest on my vision for the baseball league simulator, um, which will use FIB as its you know gameplay engine, I wouldn't be surprised if if I come up with an idea that could make its way over to the commissioner expansion, um, but. Right now, um, I think, you know, I think the football game, uh, both the base game and the commissioner expansion uh, really, really stand on their own. And and I know. So during the development of this, not once did I get an idea of like, oh, hey, that's a that's an idea for the football game. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think that's just about it. Anything else that we should mention about FIB that we haven't covered? Oh boy. Um, not really, I guess, you know, just comment to the community. You can't hurt my feelings with feedback or ideas. Um, so I do think that sometimes I, I just get a lot of, I get a lot of really nice comments and a really, a lot of nice feedback. Um, so if you have something that you have questions about or ideas for, let me know. And also I want to say thank you to, I've already gotten four emails since it's launch. People are sharing um, I will say you don't need to share your receipts with me, but I do I do appreciate when you do, and I do appreciate when you tell me your stories about the charity that you have uh, donated to. And I didn't I didn't you know the community has all, has been pretty much advertising when they're telling other folks about the game on different forums, Facebook pages that it's um, that it's free and that the the designer only asks that you you know. Um, donate to your favorite charity and he has some charities on his website. So I really didn't push that as hard with this release just because I think pretty much everybody that's a part of the community now is coming over from fast drive football. They know, they know the deal. They know that, um, you know, that's, that's what I would appreciate if they want to show any form of monetary appreciation. Um, Love the fact that they're going and, and donating. And so uh, I can't I can't stress enough how cool that is to hear the stories of why they're donating, 
you know, why this charity means something to them. So yeah, I'm glad you asked the question because it, it gave me a chance to, to um, mention that I love hearing those stories and I appreciate when people are giving donations in the name of um, uh, the game. Um, mm. So, so yeah. All right. Charity wear, charity wear. So yes, good stuff. And I think, uh, you know, I think and you may you may have it in your plans right now, but I think you just need to on Fast Drive Football's website uh, link back to Fast Ending Baseball now. So I know, I know, I keep meaning to do that. There's just so much to do. <laughs> yes, I need to do that. You took care of it the other way, so that's good. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, how do I get that? I'm like, I got to remember the uh, website name. So but <laughs> he'll get to it. He'll get to it. Awesome. So what's next for you, Al Wilson? what's next um oh so okay I, just because it's so cool what's next for me is i get to meet my grandson for the first time tomorrow so uh our four-month-old grandson is coming all the way from australia so we'll be spending an awesome two weeks with uh with them um so i'm just going to be you know i'll be checking my phone from time to time looking for questions but i am not going to be as active uh, on the Facebook page or with the game for the next two weeks because um, I'll be spending time with family and uh, trying to teach my four-month-old grandson, Otis, how to roll dice. Um, <laughs> I, and trust me, I'm going to get video of it. Uh, and I'll, and uh, yeah, I got I to I do that. So that's my focus over the next two weeks. Um, and that's actually why originally I, I did want to drop this game on Christmas. And then I realized, oh, no, we've got way more important stuff happening at Christmas time. So that's why I moved up the release, the, the moved up the release. Cause I do enjoy the, I do enjoy the comparisons to Santa Claus. And I really did want to do a Christmas Eve or a Christmas day release, but um, I'm sure folks are fine that I released it early. Uh, after that. Yeah. I want to get uh, as soon as, as soon as I've, I've had a break. Um, what's next for me is that I want to start working on the, on um, the baseball game. People have already, the, the sandbox game, the sandbox, you know, commissioner expansion, whatever it's going to be called. People have already asked, uh, multiple people have asked, Hey, baseball America from play. Um, can you, can we create baseball America teams? Um, and then of course the, the questions for fictional, um, the answer is absolutely, but I haven't figured it out how to do it yet. Um, the, the approach is pretty simple. I just need to figure out, I need to sample all these teams that I've created is all the data I need. I just need to sample um, the, the, the profile of teams of the individual players that are the, the that are the day-to-day players on teams that have these different qualities. Um, so figuring out, Oh, if a team has this many batters with a, you know, with a batting average of this and RBIs of this, they're going to be a, a high or a semi high or a neutral and then a team with, uh, you know, with these kind of um, uh, fielders, uh, you know, I need to figure out how to take the individual player qualities from a game like History Maker Baseball, their fielding qualities, their batting qualities, how do, you know, um, how does that equate to, in a team sense, those team qualities? So that'll just be, that'll just be a matter of doing a lot of data analysis and figuring out um, the cutoff points. And, uh, again, it's just, I do that via sampling. It'll be, it'll be sampling a number of representative teams, figuring out their profile, and then I'll be able to take any team and, um, like with individual players, like history maker baseball and provide instructions for how then you, um, uh, give them their team qualities for, for scoring, for power and for fielding. And then of course, for pitching, um, you're not going to be able to, um, uh, get whip off of those cards. So I will have to come up with a clever way to convert ace and star and all of those qualities, which we know are based on earned run average, not whip. <laughs> so there's going right. to be a little bit of fudging there. We'll figure it out. Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe pitchers with higher strike, you know, with the flash quality, maybe they tend to have a better whip. Anyway, I need to figure all that out. So that'll be sort of like step one, because what I want to do is I want to create the ability for people to create a draft pool of players, either from history or, you know, I'm sure someone in the community can make an Excel spreadsheet where you click a button and it'll come up with a draft pool um, where you could draft teams. 
Um, so you could draft the teams and then based on the instructions that I provide, you can turn those into FIB cards with, with the team qualities and all the individual player qualities. And again, things like clutch, which are based on, uh, um, it's a look back, um, on a, on a batter's clutch performance that particular year, things like that are going to have to be based on a die roll, um, for the most part, you're not going to, I mean, there's going to be some of this that's going to be random. And the, the, the cool thing, we've been talking a lot about the clutch rating on the forums, um, on, on Delphi and on discord. The beauty about clutch is that it is centered around a B grade and you're just, it was a nice, it was a nice, uh, value to use because there's a nice range where most, most of the, most of the hitters on any given team are going to be a B. And then you have the, the, the outliers that are, you know, A, A plus, and then um, uh, C, D, and F. But um, we'll figure something out for that. And what I want to do then, finally, for the people that don't care about real players or don't care about draft leagues, um, I've seen some great ideas from both uh, Pocket. Oh God, uh, it's Pocket, pocket Pennant Run, Pocket Pennant Run, and the other one that's a paperback book. Um, Ugh, geez, it's on my shelf that I can't see right now. But there's a um, – I don't know why I can't think of it. I can see the cover of the book. Anyway, there's other baseball games out there that I've seen where they have just very um, easy tables where you just roll a couple dice on a table and you get the profile for the player. Um, and I want to create that too, but um, it will have to be different because I have different qualities in those games. But the same thing where it will be – even talking about the Universal Baseball League? Is that the – um, no, you're, you're warm. Um, I know that when Travis, Travis and the rest of the gang and Cooper hear this, they're going to be really annoyed that I'm forgetting this. Um, <laughs> I could probably text them right now by the time we're done talking, we could figure it out. But the point is, um, people have asked for, we just want a simple way to roll up teams. I'm going to provide that too. Um, so nice. even, and I'm hoping to make it even easier than fast drive football. Um, so, uh, but I feel like I, first thing I need to do is, how do you turn real people? Um, how do you, you know, how do you take, uh, sorry, real people? How do you take already defined fictional players like in, like in Baseball America, turn them into fib cards, and then I'll get to the point where you can just roll on a random, you know, some random tables and generate players or generate teams. So, yeah, that's what's next for me because I think, I think if we can create a, if we can create like a, uh, uh, fast drive football commissioners expansion uh, type um, module. It'll really open this game up. It'll it'll sort of take the focus of this game off of replicating uh, past seasons to being the being the foundation for. You've got this whole other game that you're playing, which is you know managing a roster of players where you have charts that'll have things happening like off the field. And you'll actually see the changes that happen off the field or in the clubhouse um, manifest themselves when you're rolling dice in this engine. The charts won't have to change at all. Uh, what will change is the team qualities, the player grades, and the, the charts that exist now will activate, um, will activate those. And, <clears throat> and the last thing is, and yes, there will be an instant results chart. That's been asked for a couple times. And what was funny is it was someone on Discord that reminded me when I said, yeah, maybe, but you know, you should probably just um you could probably just use the universal instant results chart that Keith that Keith provides for History Maker Baseball. Then, James, you'll appreciate this. Then someone reminded me that I had that for um the baseball league simulator and I went and looked in the files and it like it hit me in the face of like, oh my God, that's right. James did all the data mining for that. So <laughs> like you were the one that provided me like all of the all of the the, the um the scores for each season. So I could create a chart that not only determined the winner and the loser, but like a realistic final score. So it's crazy how you can work on something for so, so many hours and stuff that you worked on six months ago, just leaves your head. It's just gone. Cause you're so focused on what you're working on. Like in the moment you forget about ideas that you had. So thank God I've written all this stuff down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you keep good notes. I, I have no doubt in that. And um, it's a it's a great game. It's a great work of art. I mean, I think one of the things I always love about your games is 
Um, there's just as much care given into the presentation of the game as there is into the actual mechanics of the game. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us who are fans of fast drive football and now FIB are always amazed that we can get a game of this quality, you know, for free or for a small donation. And, and then we all appreciate that quite a bit. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate that. I do work hard on that. And, uh, um, I like that it's appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, so do you want to talk Spotify? I do. So, <laughs> all right. Because I think it's important that, you know, we, we broaden people's horizons on this program. There you uh, go. I want, I want to share my Spotify wrapped for 2023 because I just think this is I, – I love Spotify. I love Spotify wrapped. Music fuels uh, all of my work sessions. So number five on my Spotify wrapped this year was a band called Goose. I have to um, give props to Harvey Couch. Um, I am still not a huge fan of jam bands, um, you know, uh, but, oh, my God, this band is just so tight, and their their studio albums are so well-produced. So if you're, if you're a fan of just um, good, straight, uh, experimental, in a way, rock and roll um, with good grooves, um, I, I highly recommend a band called Goose. Number four, and this is where we see how many people turn off your podcast yeah. on my Spotify <laughs> wrapped was Taylor Swift. And there you go. The, all I can tell you guys is that when all the hype started this year with her tour, I, I had never listened to a Taylor Swift song before, but I watched some TikToks. I started. I listened to one album on Spotify, and goddamn, if it wasn't just like one of the best albums I've ever heard. And then I listened to her whole catalog, and it ended up like number four on my list this year. So yes, during the during the during the last days of Fib, there was some heavy Taylor Swift uh, sessions going on in my office. Um, there you go. N- number three is a band is an alternative rock band out of Portland called Dandy Warhols. Um, way, way more fringe than anything else on this list. But if you guys just want to check out kind of a, a cool band that um, I just love their stuff, makes me smile all the time, check out the Dandy Warhols. Number two was probably my biggest um, relaxing vibe all year, a band called Stick Figure. They are a reggae and dub band out of San Diego. Um, my my kids listened to them a lot, uh, raised family in San Diego. Stick figure was, was listened to in our house, um, uh, when they were growing up, but I wasn't into that. Something clicked when I turned, I think 54, I turned 55 earlier this year, but when I turned 54, all of a sudden I started getting interested in just way more relaxed, mellow music. Um, uh, so, so yeah, that's my number two, but number one, um, is what usually my go-to is my go-to this year. It's a more heavy psychedelic rock. It's a band called King Buffalo. Um, I really, really, really want, if any of you guys listening are into just good rock, rock music, a little bit experimental, a little bit psychedelic, please give King Buffalo a listen. They were my most listened to, um, band of this year, uh, regenerator, um, uh, it was the song I listened to the most. It's actually that I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on weekends out in the yard mowing and doing yard work. And I, I'd always have that on my headphones, but, um, for a lot of the, a lot of the development of the game too, I had, uh, all their, all their albums playing on loops. Um, so just, um, great, almost meditative in a way because the, they have like songs that go for like 12 minutes and it's got a bit of a Pink Floyd vibe, um, from that perspective. So, there, yeah, that's my Spotify wrap for 2023. Just wanted to give people, you know, another dimension to uh, <laughs> to to uh, another 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 part of the creative side of uh, this this particular person here talking. So yeah, thanks for thanks for letting me share, James. Yeah, you're, you're my pleasure, and uh, I, I think uh, definitely three of those bands I have never heard of at all. <laughs> One I have only heard of because of Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> The other one I'm familiar with. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, 
Spotify rap. I mean, and and for anyone who's a data geek, right? Like there's nothing better than something like a Spotify rap. I mean, there's parts of it that's a little frightening, but right, right. <laughs> but no, the fact that they can collect all that data and present it back to you in a digestible format is pretty don't, impressive. Yeah, don't just ignore the fact that you're being surveillanced and watched all the time. Just <laughs> just put that out of your mind and just enjoy the data. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I don't even use Spotify. That alone, though, might be enough reason for me to start using Spotify. Just so there I, you go. I might just like the I just I'm a data geek, right? So, yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, Al. Well, you have a great holiday and look forward to seeing what 2024 brings. And looking forward to hopefully someday in the near future being able to see what this baseball league simulator or whatever it will be whatever. by the time we're done. <laughs> It'll go through many, many, many different name changes. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Yeah, I think we got a little glimpse already of what could be in there. Yes. And and I think we, we know, like, it, and again, like you said, you have a good engine to build off of with the commissioner's expansion and fast drive. So. Yep. If you can take that and run with it for baseball, I think we got you'll have something really great. Awesome. Well, thank you, James. This has been a blast. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on this week's episode. I want to thank Al for taking some time out of his busy schedule to sit down and talk fast ending baseball with me. Had a chance to do a lot of play testing for this, saw all the different iterations, and without a doubt, the final version really does bring all the elements that you would want in a nice fast play game. Um, really love the individual components, uh, the fact that he came up with those like that clutch hit, clutch hit mechanic, the organization of the uh, charts, the way he talked about, really simplified the game. Um, and I think it's great. I think it, you're going to really enjoy being able to play out maybe tournaments or even doing like a full season replay. Like all those things are possible. As it is with most express games or quick play games, I think this will just do a really good job of complementing another project. Like if you wanted to do a single team replay but keep track of like how all the other teams are performing, this is a great way to be able to do that. So. Kudos to Al for another great release to go along with Fast Drive Football. And hopefully if you're getting a chance to go out and check out Fast Inning Baseball, uh, for one, the link to the website will be in the show notes. And if you get a chance to get over there, make sure you make those donations for the charities that he's got listed. Or if you really have a preference on another charity, I'm sure that's going to go over well too. So take advantage of that. What we're going to be doing next week is a preview of 2024. I will kind of give my top 10 goals for 2024 and what I plan to do with my tabletop as well as the podcast and probably even a little bit with YouTube and maybe even some gaming stuff too. So we'll see how that lo looks, but we'll be talking about that next week. Until then, check out the latest on my tabletop at facebook.com backslash tabletop sportcast. Try to post every couple days at, at worst, um, sometimes every day. Want to send me any show ideas, questions, or talk about your latest project? Uh, hit me up with an email at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com. And then finally, if you'd like to help support the podcast, uh, $1 a month goes a long way to helping to offset costs for the podcast. You can do that at patreon.com backslash tabletopsportcast. Till next week, thanks for listening.